Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here. It's writing the Thursday night showdown slate uh, between the Colts and the Titans. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name is DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports slates. Before we get into the video, I want to thank you guys again for all support. It is greatly appreciated. Currently right now, 5.63 thousand subscribers on YouTube. Uh, the, so the easiest word to support me since all the content is free is leave a like button on the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos and I'm live. Of course, I will be live streaming for the, the showdown slate 30 minutes before lock on my YouTube channel, going over everything, answering any questions you guys, you guys have. So make sure to check the live stream on Thursday. Uh, also, if you guys cannot watch the videos, do upload an Apple podcast. The link is in the description below. Um, and uh, one more thing, too. We have a bunch I have a bunch of content coming out. Uh, we already have an early look video for week 10 NFL. Main slate is up. And it's Masters week, guys. Super, super excited. Uh, do have a video up for the Masters as well. So make sure to check that one out. Million dollars to first. Um, and I will, uh, if you guys are interested in... Um, and the spreadsheet I made for you guys in that video, I will tweet it out tomorrow. So if you want access to that, all you have to do is follow me on Twitter, also in the description below. But with that all out of the way, let's jump into the video. Before we talk about players and their prices for the slate, and it's like a, I feel like this is like the third straight showdown slate where it's just not, not super fun. It's going to be kind of an ugly game. Um, you know, we'll talk about it more, I guess, in a sec. Let's take a look at my lineup here from Monday here. Uh, went with Jameson Crowder in the captain, Cam Newton, Joe Flacco, Mims, Burkhead, and Gunner. So, um, yeah, Jameson Crowder was a little bit disappointed. Only have two catches. Wasn't targeted a ton. It was Perriman that had the big breakout day. I also had Mims. It was okay. All right, but again, Perriman was the receiver to own. And I didn't have Jacoby Myers. So not having Myers was really the, the, the big piece, right? He was pretty popular. Myers, talk about him, is obviously the guy that had the most upside. It's just, you know, I couldn't fit. All the top guys in. I wanted to prioritize the two QBs and Crowder, so uh, that's kind of what held me back in this lineup. You know, Burkhead was pretty solid uh, for his price. Uh, Gunner was all right. You know, probably needed one or two more catches, but six hundred dollars and didn't need a whole lot from him. But yeah, it was just the uh, no Perriman, no Myers, right? And those two guys went went off. Uh, Myers a lot more popular, but um, yeah, there still is a pretty big edge in the showdown sites. You know, talked about it. Uh, with with the Bucks and the Giants game, right, where the Bucs and defense was 40% owned. Patriots defense was 40% owned in this one. I told you guys, that is just like way too expensive, 7.4K. And almost half the field played them in the Millie Maker. So, um, yeah, I think there's still a, a pretty big edge. You know, Damian Harris was like 40% owned at that price. I thought that was way too much. Accused us a contrarian play. So uh, there is still, I think, a pretty big edge in these showdown sites. So let's see if we can take advantage of that for this Thursday night game. All right, so let's take a look at the Vegas odds. We'll look at the snap counts for each team in their most recent game, and then we can get to the player-by-player -player breakdown. So we have Colts, Titans, 48.5 over under. Uh, so, you know, average, maybe a little bit on the higher end. Titans are currently two-point favorites. Let's review the snap counts. And the Colts, at least for DFS, it is, I never play anyone from the Colts. I don't think I've played anyone from the Colts all year. Uh, the reason being, well... They utilize three running backs. They have a group of like four or five wide receivers that no one really stands out. And they have three tight ends they use. And they have old man Phillip Rivers who doesn't really have a whole lot of upside. So just like this Colts team is not really fun. Uh, but I'll try to do my best to break it down. So Wilkins played 34% of snaps last game. Hines, their third down back, played 34%. And Taylor played 31%. 
Um, you know, this is a pretty similar situation to the Patriots, uh, you know, with their running backs. Uh, I think, you know, Taylor is, you know, priced up close to what Damon Harris was last game. You have Hines, basically, I think, identical to what James White was, and they're, you know, similar roles, they're down backs. And if Wilkins, kind of like the Rex Burkhead, who uh, will get some carries, will get some receiving down work, uh, he's the cheapest of the bunch. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more, I guess, uh, once we go uh, player-by-player breakdown. Wide receivers um, for the Colts. So last game, Johnson played 88%, Pittman 87%, Pascal played 60%, Harris played 24%, but that was without T.Y. T.Y. is back. Um, if we go back to the last game that T.Y. played a full game, which was week six, you look, T.Y. played 94%, Pascal played 92%, Johnson played 63%, but again, Pittman was not in that game either. So I think they're going to utilize those four with Hilton, Pascal, Johnson, and Pittman. Um, I don't think anyone really plays. You know, I, I would guess probably everyone gets maybe 60 to 7% of the work. That's my best guess. I think they will utilize the, those four wide receivers uh, for the Colts, that being T.Y., Johnson, Pittman, and Pascal. Tight ends for the Colts. Well, we do have, you know, I guess they should only use two tight ends this game because Jack Doyle is doubtful. Moelle Cox gets a little bit up in the air, but I think he's going to be good to go. And then Trey Burton uh, is there as well. So last game, Moelle Cox played 51%, Trey Burton 43%, Jack Doyle 32%. And Jack Doyle doubtful, so don't expect him to go. Moelle Cox, I expect him to play. So I think it'll probably be a 50-50 split there with him and Trey Burton. Running backs for the Titans, this is a little bit surprising. Uh, Derrick Henry only played 53% of the snaps last game. And that's one they were playing from ahead. So it was positive game script for Derrick Henry. Uh, that's a little bit surprising. McNichols, their third down back, played 29%, and Foreman played 15, 15%. If you think, yo, maybe that was just a one-off, well, if you go back to week eight, not really the case, right? Henry, 53% of the snaps. So the snaps are going down on Henry. It is a little bit worrisome. McNichols, 35%, and Foreman, 10%. That was two games ago. So, yeah, there is there's definitely some risk here with Henry, and he has no involvement in the passing game. Um, does worry me a bit. Wide receivers for the Titans, A.J. Brown played 82% of the snaps last game, Corey Davis 78%, and those are the number one and number two guys. We have Adam Humphrey's status up in the air. If he can't go, I think it'll be a combination of Raymond and, Bats- and Batson filling in for the number three um, with neither looking amazing, but both are, you know, I guess, viable dart throws. If Humphreys does play, and he will be the number three wide receiver. And then tight ends for the, the Titans, uh, John U. Smith is going to play basically the entire game. Ferkser is the backup, but he still will get uh, targets. He got targeted six times last game. He played 49% of the snaps. I think he's a viable, uh, cheap option on this slate. So let's talk about player by player. Uh, we'll start at the top with Tannehill at 11.2K. Well, like I always say with these showdown slates, quarterbacks have the highest floor. So if you're playing a cash game setting, you probably play Tannehill. You probably play Phillip Rivers. Uh, Tannehill's a guy that you know, probably doesn't have huge upside. Uh, and this will be a situation of kind of how you think the game flows, right? Because that last game against the Bears, they were playing from ahead the entire game. He didn't really need to throw it. He only threw it 21 times. If they do fall behind, then I feel a little bit more comfortable with Tannehill, right? He's a guy that has a little bit of rushing upside, you know, not a lot, but he had, you know, one game where he had 42 rushing yards. He can get probably like 20 yards in the ground, Um yeah, at this price point, again, I think he's a safe option. I think he's someone you go to for, for cash games. Um, definitely not a must-play, though, uh, because I don't think he has, like, enormous upside. Derrick Henry's at 10-8. I think he's going to be really popular. And I just I don't like playing Derrick Henry in DFS. 
the reason being is, again, no involvement in the passing game, and it's just, like, he'll have, like, one or two one or two games a year where he will just completely break the slate. And he's already kind of had those games uh, against Houston and against Minnesota, but he is touchdown dependent. Like he needs those touchdowns. He's not going to run for over 200 yards again, right? That was uh, more of an outlier. So you kind of need Derrick Henry to score a touchdown. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not going to get value at this price. And like I said, the snaps are going down for him. I still think he is one of the safer options because you know, the last four games, basically averaging 20 touches a game, 22, 20, 18, and 21 carries. So he will have the, he will get the ball a decent amount. But like I said, no involvement in the pass game and the snaps going down a bit is a little bit worrisome for Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown's at 10-4, so he's their number one guy. He's been pretty consistent. You know, last four games, 7, 8, 7, and 9 targets, 22, 30, 12, and 23 fancy points. Now, he has had five touchdowns the last four games. Don't know if that, we can expect that to continue, but it's good that they're going to him in the red zone, right? He's the guy they're looking to. So, uh, yeah, at this price point, I like him for his upside. Uh, again, he, he seems like a pretty safe play right now with the targets, averaging about eight targets a game. So I think A.J. Brown's a perfectly fine option. You know, the matchup for, for a lot of the Titans guys, obviously, is not great. The Colts are pretty solid defensively. Uh, but, yeah, I think, like, A.J. Brown is a guy that you can definitely look to uh, at 10-4. I think he goes maybe a little bit lower on. I think the flocks will probably go to Derrick Henry, but you know, I kind of like A.J. Brown as a pivot at, at almost uh, the same price. Now, Philip Rivers at 9-8 doesn't have a ton of upside, but you know, two of the last four games has it over 20 fancy points. 28 and 22. Downside, well, the other two games, 7 and 8 fancy points. So he's a guy that, you know, again, I don't think he's going to break the slate, but below 10K, like, that's, that's a pretty nice price for a quarterback. Right? We, we've seen it with guys like Daniel Jones, where he was like 30% owned, and he got there. We saw it last night with Flacco, 35% owned. He crushed it, right? So I think Phillip Rivers is a safe option. Someone, again, you go to in cash games. I like the matchup a little bit better for the Colts than I do the Titans. Um, so, yeah, do I think Phillip Rivers is going to break the slate? Of course I don't. But I like him for his price. I think he's one of the safer options on the slate. Jonathan Taylor at 8-8. So, again, this situation really reminds me uh, of... The Patriots on Monday, right? I think Taylor is pretty similar to Damian Harris. I think Hines, basically identical to James White. And I think Wilkins is kind of like the Rex Burkett. So, you know, at 8.8K, I'm not prioritizing Jonathan Taylor on the slate. You know, if you look how they distributed the snaps, it's basically a three-way, even three-way split. So why would I play, why would I pay 8.8K for Jonathan Taylor when I can get Wilkins for... 3000 more than $3,000 less? Like, sure. Like, I think Jonathan Taylor is the most talented of the bunch, but if it's just going to be an even split with, with those three guys, like, I'm just going to take the cheapest back. Now, sure, things could change, right? Maybe they give Taylor more work, but it's not great, right? 11 and only six carries the last couple of games. Oh, sure, right? He did fumble that game against Baltimore. Maybe he was on pace for a little bit more, but yeah, right now, I think he's just more of a contrarian play at that price point. Corey Davis at 7-8. Um, you know, the previous three games was really good. 6, 10, and 10 targets, 11, 15, and 29 fancy points, besides that last game against the Bears. But I'm not overly concerned about it because they just didn't really need to throw it, right? Tannehill only threw it 21 times. Um, so at 7.8K, I think Corey Davis is, he's at like a that the mid-range where it's a little bit tricky to, to prioritize him. I think he does go a little bit overlooked because... Yeah, I think people are probably going to go to the running back, or probably going to go to the quarterbacks, probably going to Derrick Henry. 
Um, you know, as a sped-up wide receiver, people will look to A.J. Brown. So Corey Davis then kind of goes forgotten about in this mid-range. He's been pretty good in the games he's played, though. So I have been to some Corey Davis. I think he's a guy that does go overlooked, but kind of like him as a lower-owned play at that price. Juno Smith is a little bit pricey at 7K. I know he's playing a majority of the game, but if you just look at the last four games, it's not great. Two, four, two, and two targets. Now, sure, could things change? Yeah, like we saw early in the year, he's getting targeted a lot more. You know, he's a guy that had five touchdowns in the first four games. So I don't think Juno Smith is out of play at this price. But, you know, I think he's just more of a contrarian play. And kind of like Corey Davis, I think he goes overlooked, right? Because there's the guys at the top that I think will get a good amount of ownership in, you know, Tannehill, Rivers, uh, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. So this, like, kind of mid-range with, like, Smith, Corey Davis, I think does go overlooked. Again, I think a little bit more contrarian plays. Uh, now we get to some of the Colts wide receivers, and it is just, a like, no one stands out. It is just, ugh, I don't really want to talk about it, but I guess I do. Um, I guess I have to. So my best guess for what happens here with these Colts wide receivers is, again, those four guys I mentioned, I would say everyone probably gets around 50 to 70, 60 to 70% of the snaps. Like, I don't really know if one's going to really play the entire game. Uh, Pascal at, at 6-4, last year games, 7, 6, and 6 targets has been okay. The price is fair. I'm going to say that basically all these Colts wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton, for me, he's my favorite Colt wide receiver at 5 I know he's been a big disappointment, but this is just one where I'm just back, back in the talent, right? I still think he's got some left in him. Um, he's a guy that... Again, he's been super, super disappointing. And coming out the injury, uh, obviously dealing with a groin injury is a little bit worrisome. But I think maybe this is the game T.Y. finally breaks out. Um, I think he does have the most upside of these Colts receivers. So he's my favorite, but it's not really a strong take. Um, you know, we have Marcus Johnson, who the last three games, eight, four, and seven targets, a 5-2. I think that's fine. Uh, and same thing with Pittman, right? He's at 4-4. Four, four. Uh, last game had seven targets, four catches. So all four of those guys are playable. I don't really have a super strong take. Again, I guess if I had, if you're going to make me pick, it would be Ty. But all four are in play. It's just again, it's it's not great because no one stands out for the Colts at wide receiver. So it kind of feels like a guessing game, right? So hopefully you guess right. Uh, I wish I had a like a stronger take, but I just don't. Other plays, um, Naheem Hines at 6'2". Again, he's very, very similar to James White. He's the third down back. He's going to be utilized in passing down situations. Um, I think he's a little bit overpriced. 6.2K, it feels a little bit too much. Um, you know, last four games, four, six, five, and three targets is okay. Um, you know, the game against Detroit, he had two touchdowns. That's more of an outlier. So I think he's, he's more of a contrarian play at this price. I think he's just a little bit too pricey. If he was like... 3K, then I would like Naheem Hines a lot more. 6.2, it just feels a little bit pricey. Let's see, so the tight ends for the Colts. Again, we have Jack Doyle, doubtful. So Burton and Moe Cox do look a little bit better here because the Colts love going to their tight ends. And Trey Burton's a guy that they actually will use at a wildcat near the red zone, right? He's had two rushing touchdowns uh, in the last three games. So, I think Burton's a pretty decent play here at, at, at 5-6, right? He's a guy that 6-5, 4-4 and four targets is not really amazing, but I think he's a guy that does look better and does look, get a little bit of boost with no Jack Doyle. You can say the same thing about Moelai Cox at 4-8, right? He's questionable, but I think he's going to be good to go. Now, if he does miss, if Moelai Cox is not available to play, obviously Doyle's out too, then Jack, or, and Doyle's out, then 
Burton is one of my favorite plays uh, at uh, 5.6K. Jordan Wilkins. So right now, at, at the moment, he is my favorite Colts running back at 5.4. Right? Last game, he had 11 carries, two catches. The previous game with Detroit, he had 20 carries. So, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is more, more talented, but you're also getting a 3K discount. So give me Wilkins. If this is going to continue to be a 3 uh, headed monster. I'll just take the cheapest of the bunch. Both defenses with the Colts and Titans are are, are fair enough prices that you can look to them. Um, am I going to get to either for single entry? Again, I'm a single entry guy. I only play one lineup. No, but again, for mass multi-entry guys, yeah, you can throw both defenses in there. They're at more playable prices, right? We've had some outrageous prices on defense defenses so far on these showdown sites, and people have been playing them, right? Bucks over seven K. 40% owned. Patriots, over uh, 7K, 40% owned. It's crazy, because at, at that price, like the defense, you need like a defensive score. So, at these prices, is at least a little bit more reasonable, uh, but I'm probably not going to prioritize either. The kickers are both fine. Uh, Blake and Chip and Goskowski, 4K and 3.8K. Uh, I have no issue getting a kicker in my lineup. They're, you know, safer value plays. You know, I expect probably a floor of about five for these kickers upside. You know, kickers can probably get about 15 um, but yeah, I think both kickers are solid options. Ferkser, 2-2, uh, I think he, I like him. Uh, one of my favorite cheap value plays. Uh, he's been pretty consistent. Uh, targets the last four games, that game against Houston was when uh, Junior Smith is out, but he had an amazing game. He had nine targets, eight catches over 100 yards. Pittsburgh, two targets. Cincy, three targets. Chicago, six targets. He's playing about 50% of the game, and he's at 2.2K. And he's a good. He's shown he's a good receiving tight end. So yeah, I, th- I think Ferkser is one of the better, uh, really cheap plays there at his price. Harris for the Colts to Michael Harris um, with Ty coming back. I just don't think I can do it. Right, I think he plays very very little, maybe if not like any at all. So yeah, I'm probably not going to go there again. Doyle doubtful. Don't expect him to go. Uh, we have let's talk about where is uh, Adam Humphreys? He's at four six. Remains in the concussion protocol. We'll see if he does play. I think he's someone you can, you can look to. Like he'll be the number three receiver playing out slot. If he does miss, then it's probably going to be uh, Raymond and Batson kind of uh, splitting the the work, and neither really stands out. So yeah, Raymond's at one K. Can you can can you throw him in the player pool? Yeah, but you know he's not a not a super super talented guy. But again, at this price, you don't need a lot. So if you do play him, you're really hoping for a couple catches. Um, and then where is uh, Batson's at the flat min $200. They haven't listed this out, but I think he's going to be fine. So, yeah, him, Raymond will kind of split the number three work if Humphreys is out. A couple other really cheap plays. Well, the, the other backs in Tennessee, I think they're okay value. Foreman's at $600. Uh, he played, let's go to the Titans. He played 15% of the snaps that last game. He had five carries. So, yeah, at that price, you know, you don't need a lot. Uh, McNichols at $200, he's their third down back. I like him. Like, I think he's a pretty solid play. Now, sure, he's not, he hasn't been getting targeted a ton, but he's getting a good amount of snaps, right? Played 29% last game in week eight. He played, what, 35%, I believe it was, 35% of the snaps. So, yeah, $200. I think he does look like a, a pretty decent punt option if you need a really, really cheap play. And that about wraps up for the player-by-player breakdown. So uh, let's talk about, um, 
you know, captains, and again, for, for cash game setting, I think you probably want to go both quarterbacks, so Tannehill and Rivers, um, and then, you know, probably one of those, one of the top Titans guys, whether it be Henry or A.J. Brown, you know, Henry's probably a little bit safer, running backs always do have a slightly higher floor than wide receivers, so yeah, if you're going for cash games, you, you probably do something like that, right, with, with both quarterbacks and Henry. That's probably how it started out. Uh, but yeah, like I always mentioned, in for GPPs, about 75% of the time, the winning lineup has either a running back or a wide receiver in the captain spot. So guys that I'm looking to that have upside in the captain for GPPs, well, I think both the top Tennessee guys with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Yes, you can go Derrick Henry, but I think he'll be a little bit over-owned, um, you know, cheaper options, again, TY's my favorite of the bunch of the Colts, but I think all four of those wide receivers I mentioned are, are playable. Uh, it's just kind of tough because no one really stands out as an amazing play. And then, you know, I think you can look to a guy like, um, where is he? Uh, am I losing it? Oh, Trey Burton. Um, I think you can look to him. Uh, we have, again, Doyle Doubtful. If Moelle Cox is out, too, then I do like Trey Burton a good amount. So, yeah, you can look to him, I think, as a captain. And that's probably the extent I would go to. So, um, you know, my favorite Colts running back is Wilkins. If you want to go there, you can do it. Again, just as a price point thing. So we'll talk about more builds and, you know, for cash games and GPPs in the live stream. So make sure to check the live stream, guys. 30 months before lock on Thursday. But yeah, that's going to wrap up for the video. So if you have been enjoying the content so far, I really appreciate it. Leave a like button on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And hit the notification bell so you know when to upload videos. You're not going to live. Um, again, Masters video. I uh, do already have that up. That's on Thursday. Million dollars to first. Also, early look video for the week 10 main slate is up. So make sure to check out those video guys, videos, guys. Thanks again. And I will see you all later.